Hello, and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Dicker, and I'll be talking to you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Right now, there is a really horrible trend that I'm seeing growing more and more around the world, and that is an epidemic of men suffering from low self-esteem. You can see this by looking at the suicide rates. You can see this looking at my YouTube comments. You can see this looking at the ever-growing numbers of of membership of men and parts of groups like Red Pill and MGTOW, which are the results of men feeling disenfranchised. You see this talking to men. You see this as a dating coach for the last 12 years, this increasing number of men feeling like the world is stacked against them, not just in dating, but particularly in the world of dating. Now, there are no shortage of videos out there, articles, books even, explaining why the world is stacked against men. It starts to talk about, you know, the legal system and how that's stacked against men. It starts to talk about the education system and how that's stacked against men. We can start to talk about dating and online dating, what that does to men and men's self-esteem. We can start to talk all about the why. But I don't want to do that in this video. What I want to focus on is why does it appear that some men, in spite of adversity, why some of those men seem to be immune? They seem to say, hey, there's this adversity against me. Cool. I'm still going to go for what I want. Why are some men resilient and still succeed while so many others struggle and suffer a lot in their lives? And I see this resilience against adversity in business as well. So, for example, in the world of business, you are going to face adversity. I mean, the world wants you to fail. You want to start your own business. There are other businesses competing with you trying to make you fail. Right? Nobody cares about you. There's no compassion for this business you're trying to start up and get going. Um, it's a hard, hard world. And the, the government wants to take your money. Uh, as I said, other businesses, like other businesses, not just competitors, but you know, um, SEO companies, marketing companies, there are all these kind of sham businesses out there trying to steal what you've worked hard to make. That's just what that world is like. And sure enough, most people fail at business. What about dieting? The same thing you see in dieting. Most people fail at diets. Most people who join a gym don't get in shape, right? The world wants you to be fat, right? Everything is stacked against you consuming high-fat fast foods, things that are going to make you overweight and, 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 and unhealthy. The world is stacked against you. And yet some people overcome the adversity and go on and become and find success in these areas in spite of that. So today what I'm going to focus on, what is this? What is, why some men and women immune in business and dating and relationships in spite of the adversity that the world throws at them? And how can you learn to become immune yourself so you can have the best chance of success and be the happiest in your life? This is a big video. Um, it's really focused on things that are outside of dating as well as inside of dating. So it's going to have a big impact on your life. So keep watching. Martin Seligman is a pretty famous psychologist, if you're in psychology circles. He is quite well known for his book, Learned Optimism, but really he is one of the first psychologists to say, hey, look, psychology has historically always been about treating people who are really, really, really um, suffering, right? Abnormal psychology, unhealthy, emotional, unhealthy people. 
What happens if we take psychology and try to make regular people's lives better with it, right? Positive psychology. How can we make regular people happier and feel better about their lives? Martin Seligman was really the first man to delve into this area. But the area of Martin Seligman's research that I want to explain to you right now involves a group of dogs or a number of dogs. And Martin Seligman, he discovered, he, he did these experiments. And what he did was he had three groups of dogs in this experiment. And one group was what he calls a control group of dogs. So he put the control group of dogs into a box for you know a while and nothing interesting happens to them in that box. A second group of dogs is placed into a box and the, the floor on this box can give them an electric shock, um, which is unpleasant for the dog. The dog doesn't like it. But somewhere in this box is a little lever. The box can press with his paw and the electric shock stops. So you can imagine the dogs don't like it and eventually they accidentally trigger the button just while walking around trying to get away from the electricity. And very quickly they learn how to find that button and turn off the electricity. So those dogs experience something negative, but they learn that there's a solution to this negative situation they find themselves in. The third group of dogs are placed into a box where they, the floor, they can get an electric shock through the floor, which is unpleasant for the dogs, but there is no button for them. The electricity in their box only turns off when a dog in a box, when a dog from the second group pushes the button. So basically the dogs in the third group are yoked. Their box is connected to a, another dog's box. So their electricity only turns off when that dog happens to find the button and push the button. So what are these guys experiencing? These guys are on average experiencing the same duration of pain that the second group was. But the difference is these dogs, there's nothing they can do to stop the pain. They just have to sit and endure the electric shock until some random event they don't know or understand fixes the situation. And what Seligman did then was he took all three groups of dogs after repeating this experiment a number of times. And he put them into a, a, a shuttle box, so a box with two sections, where one section uh, they'd be placed in, uh, and that section could have uh, electric shock through the floor, the other section wouldn't. And the dogs could clearly see a separate box, a separate area, a separate section in the box. And sure enough, Seligman would put electricity through the one section of the floor, and the first group of dogs who experienced nothing interesting, they would jump off the floor and into the separate section they could clearly see. The second group of dogs were placed in the box, and they would get electric shock through the floor and obviously they couldn't find a button, but they could see an escape route into another section. They jump through to the escape section and they'd be perfectly happy. The third group of dogs, however, many of them, they could clearly see visually an escape route, but instead they lay down and whimpered. They didn't escape the pain anymore. This phenomenon began to become known as learned helplessness. And learned helplessness is a state that humans, that animals, that all kinds of, of creatures can get into when they, when they experience things in the world that teach them they have no control over their environment. So the less control you believe you have in your environment, the more helpless you feel, the less you'll even recognize when there's a way out of your current situation. And what Seligman's research led people to discover was that people who suffer with depression and anxiety the most focus most intently on the, the things in their life that they don't have control over. In fact, what happens is their whole identities become obsessed with the things that they can't control, the things in their life that happen to them that they can't do anything about. And, you know, really what he's realized and what Martin Seligman's work has led to whole branches of psychology of understanding humans in that 
to overcome depression, anxiety, and in fact, to overcome adversity in life, one of the biggest skills, cognitive skills that we learn, which is why the book's called Learned Optimism, is to really learn to instead focus on what we can control and become really adept at, at, at ignoring or just not focusing on the things that we can't control. And in fact, people's lives become dramatically improved when we begin to focus on the stuff that we can and ignore the stuff we can't. If you guys have ever heard of the serenity prayer before, which is the prayer that's given to people in Alcoholics Anonymous, I have to read it off here because, of course, I don't know it um, off my heart, off the top of my head. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Now, the, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is one of the most successful ways for alcoholics to, to, to overcome their alcoholism. And one of the biggest difficulties that alcoholics suffer with is low self-esteem. It's one of the things that hold them in the grip of alcoholism and their, you know, repeated substance abuse. And so they understand as well that you need to get better and better at focusing on only the things that you can control. So why right now is the men's self-esteem epidemic getting worse? Why is this whole thing spiraling out of control? I see two reasons for it. One is conditions for men are getting worse. There are a lot of things going on right now that make life potentially worse for men, right? Men had a lot better in the past than they do now. So obviously with, with worsening conditions, it's easier to become learned helplessness. It's easier to focus on the things you can't control. But even worse than that, really the big trigger that's making everything worse is social media. Because if you can, uh, like I mentioned, what we do when we become learned helpless, a lot of people, they make it part of their identity. They become a victim. The world sucks, the world is difficult, and what you want to do is find other people who suffer like you do and complain and, and struggle in the same way you do because that makes you feel not alone, right? It gives you a sense of identity and community. And social media does this better than anything else. So if you're suffering and you feel learned helplessness with women for some reason, you feel like it's because of your race, your height, your gender, uh, global conspiracy against men, whatever it is that you feel is going on, you will find men who feel learned helpless just like you, and you're going to swarm to them and through social media. You're going to watch their videos. You're going to consume their content because that makes you feel not alone, right? It makes you feel like I'm suffering, but hey, at least other men are suffering too. And that's very comforting, but it's very, very dangerous because as we all know, social media keeps us focused on whatever we look at the most. So if you, if you keep looking at and hanging around with people who are learned helpless, it's going to force you to keep focusing on all those things that you can't control. It's a deadly, deadly mixture. The men who are resilient to this to adversity, these men, now I've got to tell you, I've worked with a lot of men. I've worked with a lot of men with all degrees of learned helplessness. And I'll tell you something interesting. I know that it makes sense. The worst conditions are the more learned helplessness you should have, because ultimately... No one is is perfectly immune. Everyone is, men are resistant to low self-esteem. Men are resistant to adversity. No one's immune. So the worse conditions get, get, the more and more men are going to succumb to this. But what's interesting is that the clients I've had with the most adversity are not the ones who have the worst cases of learned helplessness. I've had clients who are disabled. They have no legs. They have no arms. They've grown up with all kinds of adversity. I've had clients, I've had clients who are, um, uh, I've had guys who are five foot three Asian, facial disfigured from burns as a child. Um, and, and this guy, this client was not by a large margin, 
the most learned helpless. In fact, this guy was really motivated to make a change in his life. He wasn't in a space of the world is against me. And yet he had every reason to be. And the guys who are the most learned helplessness, helpless that I experience, they're usually like, they're learned helpless because they're height, because they're 5'4", they're 5'5", they're 5'8", which is my height. Um, you know, or they're, they're Indian, or they're Asian, or they're, they're, they're South American in a country like maybe parts of the United States where that could be considered um, a less beneficial than being white. They have adversity, but they focus on that adversity. But it's not the guys who have the most that seem to struggle the most. Now, I say all this not to make you feel bad, not to say you're ridiculous for for thinking that you have things against you. You probably do. If you're watching this video and you're struggling with low self-esteem, there's probably things going wrong in your life. And I don't want to downplay that. But what I want to do is say, hey, you, by focusing on the things that you can't control, is not going to give you the best chance of success. You need to start to become learned optimist because these are the people who are super successful in business. These are the people who actually go on a diet and lose weight. These are the people that deal with the adversity that life is going to throw your way. This is a life skill, not a dating skill. So what can you do? Well, there's a number of things that you can do. So the first thing you really need to do is you've got to stop consuming content that focuses on your, your adversity. Stop watching YouTubers who, who talk about how horrible the world is for men. You've got to stop communicating uh, with friends who have shared this same viewpoint as you, at least having these discussions with them. You've got to stop creating exposure to people reasserting that the world is against you. And instead, what you need to do is you need to start consuming content that talks about how to overcome, how to, how to get results in spite of those adversities, right? Because you start to focus on solutions. You start to focus on what you can do to make a change, not what is so difficult about being you. You also need to stop focusing on success. This is a really big one. Success with women, success in business, success with your losing weight. You've got to really start focusing on learning and experiences and growing as a human being. Because if you go out and you want to be successful with women and you already learned helpless and you're focused on getting girls numbers at a club and you go to a club and you get rejected by every girl you talk to, it is going to reinforce your learned helplessness. But if you focus on what can I learn, how can I grow and learn about women today, tonight when I'm at a bar, even if you get rejected by every girl, if you're focused on what you're learning and you definitely learn some things that night, then your night was a success. You are focused on the things you could control, your ability to learn and grow. And if every night you go out, you learn and grow and you learn and grow and you learn and grow, eventually you're going to start getting success because you keep learning and you keep growing and you're going to keep building your skill set where you reach a point that women are going to start to notice a change. That has to be the focus. It's the same with diet. You've got to learn and grow, learn and grow. Go on a diet, fail at the diet. Don't say, I'm a failure. The world is too difficult. It's hard to, to, to diet when you're poor. It's hard to diet when there's ads on TV all the time. No. Instead, what you do is you, you focus on, cool, what have I learned? How can I, how, why did I fail this time? How can I grow from this experience and do it differently next time so I've got a better shot of success? right? Becomes a learning and growth experience rather than a trying to get success right now experience. That's how you eventually get there, whatever it is you put your mind to. The next thing you really want to do is you need to start, you need to create a habit of catching yourself whenever you ruminate on the things you can't control. This is actually harder than it sounds, but what I advise you to do is get a phone, get your phone app and have a counter on your phone. You can use like, you can just use a notes app or whatever, but you need to start counting how many times a day you can catch yourself thinking about focused on things you can't control? 
and you just start making a habit of it. Because when you when you get really good at catching yourself, once you catch yourself doing it, first of all, the, just the act of catching yourself do it, you will change your attention. You'll change your focus because you know that's not a habit you want. But more than that, it will you can start to implement changes in your lifestyle in um, a replacement activities. That So anytime you catch yourself thinking about this thing you can't control, you may purposely go, well, instead of thinking about this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start Googling for examples of people who have overcome this, right? So it's a replacement behavior, something that breaks the pattern of ruminating and thinking about all the ways in which you're helpless. Because the, everyone's helpless to some degree, right? And if you ruminate it, that becomes your identity. You need to break that identity. And the last thing that I really highly suggest you've got to start doing is actively seeking people who have the same limitation you do and still have success. When I have clients who are focused on one aspect of them, you know, I'm balding, I'm short, I'm not white, I'm not good looking. I'm When they we get guys like this, they have this belief about themselves and the worst thing they do is they constantly seek out men who have that same disadvantage and struggle as well, right? And they go, see, he has this disadvantage and he also struggles. He has this disadvantage and he also struggles. So you're constantly seeking evidence to, to, to bolster this negative belief you have about yourself. But the thing is that for every negative aspect that, that men can ruminate on and feel as the world is against them, I can find other men who have exactly that same limitation and still do well. Right, And this is the thing. You need to start actively seeking examples of men who have the same limitations and still get the success that you want. And they exist. You know, if you are, I mean, I, I say to guys very often, you know, if, you, if, it's, if your limitation is, is a relatively easy one to spot, like balding or height or race, use the counter mechanism on your phone again. Grab your phone and every time you're out at a bar or club, if you see a guy who's short or a guy who's black or a guy who's Indian with a cute girl, click. You're, you're purposely looking for men who have the limitation you have and still have a girl with them. Click, click, click. Find an ugly girl who has a girlfriend. Click. Find an, you know what I mean? Find a bold man who, who, who's dating. Click. The more you seek out at purposely role models, men who have the adversity you do, it will start to dissolve your learned helplessness and your obsession with being the victim of the adversity that you're suffering with. And again, I want to end this video by saying there is adversity. There is stuff working against you. I don't want to discount that. I don't want to say that the world is fair. It is not always fair. But, and I'm not going to say that, that uh, no matter what you do, you can be perfect at. That's not really, the world isn't always that, that ideal. But the way to win at life is to be happy. There is no other way to win at life but to be happy. Learning the skill of learned optimism is by far the most effective way to learn to be happy. Avoiding the things that you can't control is by far the best strategy to be the happiest you can be. It also so happens that doing this guarantees you the best possible odds of having success with women, having success in business, having success with your health, your interpersonal relationships. This gives you the best chances of getting that success. So why the hell would you hold on to your helpless identities. Now, I say that because I not because I want to make you feel bad. I say it because I want to drill through. I want to get through to some of you at least to make this change in your life. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Don't forget to check us out at schoolofattraction.com. 
I highly recommend you check out my comprehensive and free dating personality test, which you can find by clicking personality test at the top of the page. Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast.